It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into Locked On Bills. I'm your host, Kevin Misery, here with Nick Woten. Nick's here with me today on our Thursday edition, just getting back into it. Uh, you know, after all the draft craziness, got to catch our breaths a little bit, Nick. I'm uh, going to talk about the defense today. Yesterday, Jason and I went on, talked about the O battles, what's going on at that position, talked to wide receiver, talked about the need at that position group and what we see happening uh, throughout the different um, positional needs on the offense. But now we're going to talk about defense, a little bit more solid of a unit, um, filled a lot of holes. Start off with you, Nick. How are you doing today? Oh, Kevin, we're doing good now that we have the draft mania. Um, Josh Allen's in town, which uh, <laughs> you guys did a good job of talking about yesterday. And uh, sure did. And now, now we're going to jump over to the other side of the football. But yeah, now that everything's calmed down a bit, um, yeah, yeah, ready to 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 get back to the the normal um, non-draft hype. Because man, when you're in the quarterback market, as we all just witnessed, it is pretty crazy and kicks up it is back. and then the news just dies off on you just because of how much you were looking at anything you could possibly to, to to report on uh now it's just dead zone middle of may end of may before otas is just nothing to talk about there's that tmz video that just went up josh allen so everyone checked that out kind of followed around an airport so that's that's interesting asked about a couple of questions des bryant asked about um jalen ramsey's tweet asked about it, the cold weather in buffalo obviously as you have to of um, course so it's an interesting – his facial expressions as he wasn't ready for the questions. He wasn't really just getting off a plane. He wasn't really ready to have to go PR. So it is interesting. He did seem interested in, in Des Bryant, the way he reacted. He's like, wait, Des is still a free agent? Like he kind of kind of tried to cover it up. Um, yeah. Because he didn't know what else to say. And then he kind of like smirked and smiled and, and wanted the player. So that's interesting that, you know, he's thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, but flipping it over to the D, uh, you know, really the main topic of conversation today – Let's talk about how they you know, weren't really thinking they could get Tremaine Edmonds, and that's been pretty much documented. I don't know if that's Bean's job to kind of say, like, look what I did, like how much better. Um, I think he's pumping up that trade with Denver, Nick, to kind of pump up Tremaine Edmonds. What's your, what's your first opinion on that? Like, do you think there's anything to that where he's was going to make that Denver deal with that first, and now he's all talking about how he didn't and he was able to get a player that he probably would have taken at 12? So, like, what's, what's your opinion on kind of – able to get Tremaine Edmonds via the draft value. Yeah, I think uh, that's an interesting point there, Kevin. But um, I, th- I would say that really I would compare Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen and just kind of say what player can he hype up a little bit more easily. Uh, in that sense, it would obviously I think be Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, he's he, he fell, if you will, quote unquote, to the Bills at, uh, when they eventually picked him up. And um Allen's viewed as a little bit of a project. So are you going to kind of pump up the guy who a lot of people are like, wow, how'd the Bills get him? He's good. Or are you going to pump up the guy that's like, well, hopefully this works out for Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, I agree with you. I just thought it was really interesting that he basically threw himself under the bus in order to pump up the player, though. So I thought that was an interesting strategy where he was basically like, I was going to take Josh Allen and probably pay more for him. Um, so although in you know, lockdown Bills is pretty – adamant on saying that I, I still personally think 53 and 56 was too much to move up four picks or five picks. Sure. Um, 
Sure. And, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Defenders potentially, or other, you know, offensive players, uh, especially, you know, they got Harrison Phillips. They're going to probably tell you, they probably would have targeted him at, at one of those two second round picks too. So um, they're probably going to get out of the woods by saying something like that. But Tremaine Edmonds was a player. If the quarterbacks didn't go the way they couldn't get up, there was no way they're going to tell us they were going to take him at 12 anyway. So you got a player that fell a little bit. You didn't have to give up too much to trade up um, into a Baltimore selection there and to take Tremaine Edmonds. But how's that linebacker group now? Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Lorenzo Alexander looks a heck of a lot better um, than it did even the day before the draft, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, Kevin. I mean, they had such a glaring hole at middle linebacker with uh, Preston Brown's departure by free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Right. Um, just Tremaine Evans alone, just as I sort of briefly alluded to before, that he's was viewed as such a highly touted prospect, and, and that was one of their weakest groups, uh, positional groups, if you will, going in there. I mean, who was the starter before? Julian Stanford, maybe? Tanovalejo, <laughs> um, yeah, you really don't know. Yeah, yeah, so you don't even know who the starter was. Now you get a guy, plug and play, he's going to be the starter. I mean, they're going to tell you he's got to earn it, which is what you have to say to a younger guy. But, I mean, let's be real here. It's going to be Tremaine Edmonds on opening day against uh, the Ravens, correct? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, calling the defense. Um, Not only starting, but starting middle linebacker, calling D, commanding the huddle. Exactly. I'm interested to see how, how Lorenzo does. I mean, nobody expected him to play to his Pro Bowl level last season um, from two seasons ago. Uh, he, he sort of, I don't want to say bit off more than you can chew, but I mean, he was put in the NFL's top 100 players uh, after that incredible start to his season. Uh, and we didn't expect that. So, um, you know, as long as Lorenzo has something left in the tank with uh, Matt Milano and, uh, I mean, McDermott, he, he pumped up Tanner Vallejo quite a bit, but I think we could all read right through that that he was not going to be the starting linebacker. But another year under his belt, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, slow and steady, I, I think maybe, you know, going looking forward in the future, they, of course, have so much room in free agency next year. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander's aging. That's probably going to be a position they're going to have to address eventually. But, hey, when you got two younger guys there right, who, right. who, who uh, they got two younger guys there now and, and – not something that I have a problem with having two promising prospects at two line, two of their three linebacker positions. Yeah, it is interesting. They have a really young, um, really solid, potentially really good linebacking core. And obviously you play a lot of nickel anyways. And Lorenzo sometimes is a victim to coming off the field. There still had a fairly fine third linebacker year, 16 games, 11 starts, 73 tackles, three sacks. I mean, that's fine from a four, three outside linebacker. Um, especially now on the, on the depth chart could be considered your third guy in on certain packages. Obviously you, you're never in three linebacker very often. Uh, yeah. You're in nickel more or even other sub packages. So I, I'm not as concerned with who your third linebacker is day in and day out. I think like you did Milano, you can fill that next year if Lorenzo does leave or you know, whatever he declines. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can fill that with another third or fifth round pick. I, I won't doubt this, this, this front office and coaching staff and able to diagnose um, defensive players. I'm not going to be too concerned pretty much on any spot on the D. Yeah, I can see them going, I guess, moving forward from Lorenzo, maybe getting a little bit more of a well-rounded player. I mean, his strong suit sure. is, is pass rushing, of course. So in that third spot, you, you hear these guys say the word uh, versatility quite a bit. And Lorenzo is versatile. He plays special teams and really yep. prides himself on that. But, uh, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit better against the run, that sort of thing. But at, at this point, when we're getting to this level, we're nitpicking a little bit, of course. So it's not the worst thing in the world here with the setup that they have right now. No, plugging in a, a solid potential 
top five, another top five def- rookie defender, um, as, as he could be touted to be, um, can, can completely overhaul a unit, especially when you had a young, promising Milano anyways, and a, and a solid, steady vet like uh, Lorenzo. You're also adding him to Vallejo, which played really well in camp, Nick. I know you were there. Um, I thought he was better than Milano in camp, then got hurt, and we never heard from him again. Um, mm-hmm. Deion Lacey's a, just a solid special teamer. can be your sixth linebacker. And then Ramon Humber, who really did play decent in stretches, especially in the beginning of the year before getting hurt. Um, was was a shock. And then you have Julian Stanford, who's going to play a lot of teams. And that's probably your seven uh, linebackers that are going to make the team. I don't think uh, Woodson, Luster, or Corey Thompson have much of a shot. Um, but that's a fairly decent linebacking course. Not the NFL's best, but it's it just rock solid, right? Yeah, no, I, I really agree with what you said about uh, Ramon Humber. I think he started to get the, 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 the wrong end of the argument, if you will, uh, for lack of a better term there. Once he got injured, I think his play really declined after that. And hopefully he can come in here and be a, a solid depth player for the Bills now that he's you know, fully back to 100%. Uh, hopefully, I would assume, because it was just a hand injury. Of course, I'm over here not playing NFL football saying just a hand sure. injury, but uh, after an offseason of, of healing up, I think uh, Ramon Humber could be definitely – a guy, not, I don't think he's going to replace Matt Milano. I mean, please, Matt Milano right. came in and, and, and was almost a revelation to Bills fans here. Uh, but I think Ramon Humber can be another steady uh, depth player. But can step in and get a pinch. Um, for, for a fourth linebacker, he's about what you're looking for. Another interesting sign, I, I alluded to him a little bit, in Xavier Woodson Luster. They signed him at the end of last year after 14 games, 11 tackles uh, for Oakland, a special teamer. Um, a young player who really showed a lot of promise second season coming in here um, from Oakland. And Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of Oakland fans were interested to see him go. Um, he, he, he ranked well in his, in his short you know, snaps. He, he had a 70.2 um, by PFF, which is fairly decent um, for, for a young linebacker. So an interesting name there to watch out for in camp. Uh, is Xavier Woodson Luster. If there's an injury that occurs, could even beat out a guy like Vallejo straight out, maybe beats out a Julian Stanford um, toward the end of the roster there. So that's just a name that I have um, you know, to kind of, kind of look out for. And, you know, they only did sign uh, this whole position group beside Edmonds. They only brought in, you know, Corey Thompson, college free agent, didn't draft anyone else, uh, didn't really address the position otherwise, except for Stanford, which is more of a special teams, backup middle linebacker type. So overall, Nick, give me your final, who makes a team on linebackers? Who makes a team on linebackers? I, I kind of don't want to copy you there. Um, it's an uh, Kevin, easy unit, I think, though, right? But it's it's yeah, it's a pretty easy unit. I mean, you just sort of base the depth positions, such as you know Stanford on the uh, on the special teams ability, even going all the way up to if you go to your number three and uh, Lorenzo Alexander. I mean, these guys, this is a position that McDermott just wants special teamers yeah, out of. It, it's yeah. it's obvious because uh, past. Even Milano, if you think last year, what yep. was one of his highlight plays? It was a punt block recovery, if I'm not mistaken. I know yep. he had a recovery or, or, or something like that. You see the photo of it all the time where he looks like a deer in headlights that was after that play. Um, so he really likes these guys playing special teams. So, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's 
Corey Thompson, and, of course, is a college free agent, so it's going to be t- a tough road for him. I think he said um, Lacey maybe is, you know, borderline there. And uh, Woodson Luster, is, he, he's, he reminds me kind of even uh, basically just because of, of, excuse me, of his background of Breon Borders, who also came via the Raiders and is late in the year, kind of promising. <laughs> right. uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that position too, I'm sure. But uh, uh, sure yeah, yeah, young guy, they, they kind of remind me of each other, I think, mainly just because of the Raiders background. But they're, they're definitely guys I want to, you, know, you got to see more of them in camp, of course. Yeah, linebackers, to, to wrap up linebackers, interesting because they only have nine out of 90 players are the three linebacker spots going into yeah. a 90 man roster camp. I mean, that's, that's low. I mean, they're pretty confident. I, that shows me uh, even out of most position groups, except maybe even all lines a little thin to me, but mm-hmm. um, why uh, linebacker, they, they really are fine with, I mean, they have behind admins and I guess even Milano is a special teamer. Every one of them plays special teams, Milano, Lorenzo Alexander, Ron Humber, Tanner Vallejo, Dion Lacey, Julian Stanford. Uh, Woodson Luster last year. I mean, you had uh, you just have every single player, maybe beside your top two, that are going to play special teams, and they're not going to do much with this unit. It's a pretty solid unit. Yeah, and even in that sense, I mean, he asked me to to, to cut him down. I mean, past Corey Thompson, maybe Deion Lacy. Who knows? I mean, like you mentioned, all these guys do special teams, but on top of being a part of special teams, that kind of puts them in competition with non linebackers on this roster. So it's. It's going to be a position battle maybe for someone like uh, Lacey and Thompson to go against, um, I don't know, you know, we got Brandon Riley, wide receiver, the hero from last year's preseason. Yep. He's going to be have to contribute on special teams as well, and he's on the other side of the ball. Right, exactly. It's an interesting unit because I think we did only keep six last year, maybe even five at points. They don't keep a lot of these guys because of sub packages. So um, getting into some of that sub package, Nick, D-back. You mentioned it a tiny bit with Brian Borders. Um, obviously, you have the principal three in Hyde, Poyer, and White. Pretty obvious. Um, Vontae Davis, been pretty pro-Buffalo, been tweeting, been pe- texting pictures of him working out and how much better shape he's in, how he's re- rehabbed from the injury, how he could go to back to be a cornerback one. Um, if he's healthy and takes a step above Gaines, this unit's going to be even better. Um, but that's not to mention Philip Gaines is a nickel they, they, they uh, kind of recognized early or middle free agency and said he's a guy that we like over. Leonard Johnson, who's still out there. So you have to imagine they saw something in games they liked a little bit more, probably could have paid the same price. Raphael Bush, another special teams backup safety. Uh, Sarah and O'Neill, um, you know, their, their fifth-round pick safety. Taron Johnson, their fourth-round pick corner, um, who's going to obviously compete with Gaines and Borders for that nickel role. And then you had a couple of college free agents and Levi Wallace, who everyone's saying is potential to make the team. Ryan Carter from Clemson. Uh, Lafayette Pitts, who's stuck on this roster from Jacksonville. A couple of backup safeties in Marlowe and, and Kelsey McCray, who have an uphill battle. But talk to me about this unit, Nick. Yeah, Kevin, I, the most interesting position battle, or one of them, I think is definitely going to be this nickel corner spot. I mean, you mentioned right off the top there, the three guys I'm really looking at here are, are my, my – I'll dub them, uh, my boy, Breon Borders. Um, okay. What do you like about him? <laughs> Um, he, he's just so interesting because of the, I'm most, mostly interested in him because of kind of a little bit of a, I don't want to say hype, but he's one of those guys, as you mentioned, Raider fans are kind of like, oh man, really? Why they, why'd they do that when they cut him? So I'm interested to see what he has. I mean, we really haven't seen any of them because by the time he came into the, the, the Buffalo locker room last year, Kevin, I think it was the second to last week of the season. It was very late. I remember and at that point, the media, us media members were, it's not like training camp where we're allowed to watch him. So, of course, I'm very interested, interested to see what he has. And if Johnson and we have Gaines, um, 
I mean, Gaines did not come in as the most highly touted uh, free agent here, of course. Um, you know, anyone who splurged for the old EJ Gaines jersey is probably ecstatic and hopeful of his roster chances, uh, uh, those fans out there. Um, but those three guys I'm really looking at, uh, at that nickel corner. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you have one, uh, Kevin, who you think is going to lock down. I mean, you mentioned Gaines there, that maybe there's something a little bit more than meets the eye. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he he – he isn't a great boundary corner. That's first and foremost. If you've ever tried to push him out, he struggled there, um, but has shown flashes early in his career, kind of like EJ did as a rookie 76 on PFF was a solid third cornerback. And that's where he should be. If you're pressing him up, like we did with Sharice Wright or other players in the previous years, you're going to get nothing. You're going to get a less out of him. Nick, uh, he's a pretty good, you know, he's a pretty, I'd say he's decent run defender. A lot, a lot of what I've read has shown he's willing to get down and dirty, um, which, which helps him on the nickel roll. Um, but I do like Taron Johnson. I think that he's going to end up winning this role, kind of similar to Milano did last year. I think you're going to see around mid mid of the season when he gets when he gets it, you're going to see him transition into that nickel starting corner, uh, which is a starting position to me. Um, so yeah, La- sure. Lafayette Pitts is interesting. They've liked him for a little bit now, um, and Borders is a guy that they did sign. Uh, looks like December sixteenth um, from the Oakland practice squad. So he is also like you mentioned a guy that they did show uh, really big interest in to sign from the practice squad of another yeah, team. Definitely. Um, Border felt like he could come here and have a real competition because he can decline that, I believe, um, as many don't. But if you feel you're just going to get caught in a week or two, you usually don't you know, just switch teams and playbook. So it is an interesting thing. Um, Borders did not get on the field, though, in his three games. I don't even think he was active. So I think this year he's going to go in and have a shot at the nickel roll. I do think that Gaines wins it out of camp um, and then gets beat out by Johnson. But I, I think Borders is on this squad. I think Borders is your final D back on the squad. Um it just really comes down to, I think safety's pretty set, Nick. You could, you could kind of interrupt if you think that Marlowe or McCray have, has a shot at this, or either McCray, because there's two of them, LJ McCray and Kelsey McCray. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, how much do you need to say about safety? I mean, cause starting from the top, I mean, Poyer and Hyde. Yeah, they there's were, not, they were... not a ton to say. Raphael Bush, special teamer, solid third safety. He's had some good play in the past. And then you just drafted a versatile Neal. Uh, yeah, a little bit of everything. So I think that unit's pretty set. Yeah, yeah. I think PFF uh, just the other day had Hyde and Poyer in, in their top five safeties. I mean, both of them, both Buffalo safeties are in PFF's top five rated. Not safeties. to mention I mean, Trey White. You, you have a pretty solid D back. Uh, Davis could even you know be a slight step back from EJ Gaines when EJ Gaines played. Um, and you should and have it, a pretty solid unit. Yeah, and and at uh, just a wrap up corner i think my favorite one is uh, uh johnson i think because uh just uh, you know me i like to add a little witty curveball to this i'm pretty sure in his pre-draft combine workout uh or excuse me at his combine workout i'm pretty sure he like fell during something so it's kind of like one of those oh, of course the bills will take the guy who fell and then i think josh allen during like the senior bowl practice or something beat him real good on the path maybe it was yeah, during yeah. the senior bowl yeah yeah so so it's one of those johnson things was like, the guy that got hit in the face right is that what you mean I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was, it was a jugs machine. goofy yeah. like that. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those goofy things like, oh, okay, yeah. Bills, of course. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but no, that's just me, uh, of course, being t- tongue in cheek there. So uh, he obviously has his talent. Wallace was said to be a draftable player. Was like a fifth or sixth round choice, maybe even uh, more of a prospect than Ray Ray McLeod would have been in the sixth. Um, do you like Levi Wallace? Do you think he can make the team? Do you know anything about him? Do you think he's got a? I think as the undrafted free agent, he's one of the only guys that has a shot at this thing. 
I mean, he's he's got size. That's really what we know about him so far, right? I mean, six foot for for a corner. Him Walk and on, are, man. He's such a gritty kind of Buffalo story. That's right. He is. He is. That's right. And uh, hopefully, he turns out a little bit better than the last Levi I recall in the Bills, which was wasn't that Levi Brown, the quarterback? I think he maybe took like three snaps. Like, I don't, think there, was, I don't think there was a Levi in between them. So um. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't recall another Levi being on the Bills. So right. I'm sure I'm sure a couple of them love to wear Levi's. You know. Right, I think so too. But it's yeah. a great unit, Nick. I think between the back seven here, um, there's too much talent here to 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 lose a lot of games. There's a lot of talent on a really important position groups. And in in in, I think, but the the most interesting I think position battle because based on numbers and the movement they've had, Kevin and I, I'm sure you're going to get here. Defensive end, man, they've brought in so many people in and out, so much adjusting, and the Bills obviously are looking to address that pass rush. Yep. Yeah, I want to talk. So these two units, outside of Tremaine Edmonds, and you had a couple draft picks. Not not a huge change. Edmonds over Preston Brown's probably a good talent change, but not in ter- in terms of personnel. Not a lot of movement here at these units. Obviously, Dante Davis is in there too, but uh, not not a ton of movement. But for the better, that these units I think are both better, um, which is interesting to say. Going into D line, um, you know, your 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 four D linemen in a four three very important position groups. Bills totally overhauled this unit. Kept Yarbrough and Shaq Lawson and Jerry Hughes, obviously. Uh, Kyle Williams did come back um, as well for potentially his final season. Lots of movement here, Nick. What do you think about Trent Murphy, Starla Tulele, Harrison Phillips? Um, you know, a couple of big names right off the bat that <laughs> completely make this def- uh, defensive line have more depth and be stronger. So, and then then you have your your you know your undrafted free agents, Mike Love, uh, Matt Bozen as well as Tenny Palapoy, Ricky Hatley, Terrence Fide, Arquavius Lewis, who's like one of the only remaining players from camp last year. Um, so what do you think of that unit altogether? I mean, you're, you're factoring in some solid players from last year and then three or four influx of talent. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Only starting at the top, I mean, with with Trent Murphy and Star Latulier being added in there, um, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what they have. I mean, starting with Star, uh, of course, his his role kind of is going to going to be that size uh, run stuffer, taking up some uh, space in the middle. That's what I was looking for uh, to hopefully open some stuff up. I mean, we we saw um, Lorenzo Alexander really go on and on about that. that he's going to make those around him better. Don't look at the numbers. Um, of course, still, it'd be nice to get a couple numbers. I, I don't think we're, we're going to argue that. Um, Trent Murphy, too. Um, I mean, he seems like just a guy uh, – just looking at his being there for his presser, um, he seems like a guy who is is motivated to come in and, and make a big splash with the Bills here. I mean, he kind of had an his his career thus far. He had an out breakout season, uh, got hurt, and everyone before that said, "Oh, he's just a flash in the pan, one hit wonder. He's not going to do anything after that." And now. You know, he, he addressed it right away and said that he wants to come in with the Bills and be put in a position where he's going to make some noise. Um, and hopefully, 
hopefully, you mentioned Shaq Lawson, hopefully bringing in Trent Murphy wakes Shaq Lawson up. I don't think Shaq Lawson was having a terrible season last year, though, when he got hurt. I think he was having – I think he wanted to have a better season as a first-round pick. But I think he was he was on the incline last season. It wasn't a, a sharp spike up, but I think he was doing pretty well. I remember he was hurt at the goal line against the Patriots, and there, there was a season. And I re- remember asking him after the locker clean-out, uh, just kind of off the record, I asked him, uh, hey, you know, how are you healing up? And he said if they would have won, he might have been able to play the next week. So he was pretty much almost healed by a couple weeks there uh, later. But um, that, that's my – really my player to watch, Kevin, would be Shaq Lawson. Just is, is all this movement going to get – going to, you know, light a fire underneath him because he really needs it at this stage of his career. He sure does. Um, it's interesting because Trent Murphy didn't just have a flash in the pan here. He, he wrecked uh, out as the top 30 PFF player in 2016. So yeah, you were adding a potential – you paid for it, but you're adding a potential top 30 defensive end to usually Jerry Hughes, who was in the top 20 usually every season. Um, even if he doesn't accumulate the sack numbers, he is generally like an 85 plus player in, in PFF. So you're adding too solid and Shaq Lawson can go more to a rotation. I'll kind of do maybe what he does best in certain packages. Um, and, and still able to use, you know, the depth of having like Fide, who's a guy that has a lot of snaps in this league. Still, I had 172 snaps last year. Yarbrough who played a, you know, just a solid backup defensive end, nothing more, nothing less. Um, really good third or fourth defensive end. So you have a lot of depth here that could, could, get you through some snaps or an injury or two um, uh, that, that makes this unit really interesting, a lot different than last year. And then obviously defensive tackle is just completely different. Uh, adding in Phillips and Starla Tulele to Kyle Williams instead of uh, Cedric Thornton, um, who they were you know, trying with. And this unit's a lot better. I think most in the entire, uh, the entire roster de-tackle. Um, you know, Phillips and Starla Tulele alone make, make that a lot better than what we saw in, you know, during the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Harrison Phillips is going to be an interesting guy to watch. Just you, you hear the comparisons to Kyle Williams, which are uh, kind of some big, big shoes to fill. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully fans don't get too, get too crazy. But you think, too, with Trent Murphy, um, hopefully he can – you mentioned Jerry Hughes there, Kevin. Hopefully he can also wake up Jerry Hughes and not in the sense of Shaq Lawson to where, hey, they added a guy in front of you and you're a first-round pick. And the sense of when Jerry Hughes had Mario Williams on the other side, I mean, Jerry Hughes was, was, a, lot better. was, yep. was a lot better when he wasn't the, I don't want to say focal point, um, but I guess he was the focal point a little bit for the Bills' pass rush from the defensive line uh, as of late. And now that he doesn't right. have to be that, um, going to take some pressure off him and vice versa. I mean, it's tough. To, imagine being a, a, a play, playing against the Bills and you got those front four, those starting four. Uh, as of right now, it will, we could probably put it in with something close to Penn here of, of Murphy, Williams, uh, Latulier, and, and Hughes. I mean, who are you going to double, double cover on, or double put put a double team on uh, out of those four? I don't really know at this point. No, it's a solid unit that you're you're not going to be able just to pick Jerry Hughes this time, uh, especially when you have rotational freshness off the bench and Harrison Phillips, Shaq Lawson, Eddie Yarbrough. Um, and even, you know, whatever it is with Adolphus Washington, which we haven't really even mentioned. I, I don't like him as a starter, but I, I do like him as a last defensive tackle on the team. Um, does add some, you know, he's played the position. He knows what they're looking for. McDermott has always mentioned his ability to get better. Um, did like what they saw out of him, and they did like him enough to keep him around when they purged everybody else on the roster. He's like one of seven players I got to stay on. Um, so they do like something of what they see, Nick, out of Adolphus Washington at some facet of his game. So 
it's a solid eight, eight rotation. And I don't know how deep they're going to go with keeping any of these guys. Um, but I think you can pretty much in pen outside of a trade or something, you know, right. Lawson, Yarbrough, Phillips, Kyle Williams, Starla Tuole, Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, and Adolphus Washington is your eight. And then if someone wins a ninth job, I think you don't cut anybody. You would keep a ninth player. So uh, Tenny Palapoy was a guy who played really well in LA. I talked to uh, the chargers guy locked on chargers and basically said he really developed later in his career. And, I wanted to bring him back as a you know final rotational defensive tackle. So he could show us something in, in training camp that deserves a ninth roster spot or maybe beats out at Adolphus Washington. So um, there's some depth here. It's a solid unit. It's one that could can afford an injury, not that I obviously want one, um, but one that can afford an injury at one of those position groups. And like you mentioned, maybe Shaq Lawson's time to step up if something happens to a D-end. Um, so... And the interesting, or at least uh, something you can't be mad about in terms of Adolphus Washington is even if you think he underperformed last year after the trade of Marcel Darius, I mean, he got experience. So if he's going from a starter role to a rotational role, and as long as he's accepting of that, um, he has experience in there. So you can't be mad that one of your depth players has experience. Agreed with that. That's what I kind of like, Tani Palapoy and Terrence Fidei, too, kind of the battling for roster guys but they're two guys that like at washington has have a lot of good rotational experience um so i like this unit nick i like this defense i think that it's unfortunately or fortunately however you look at it as a bills fan or or, or reporter um is going to get the team to eight and eight so with it, I, I i think that there's enough talent on this defense what's kind of your opinion do you think there's talent enough talent to kind of overcome the offensive shortcomings we discussed yesterday Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the the tale of the season, I think. I mean, last year the Bills made the playoffs, I think, based on their uh, perfect, near perfect secondary play. The secondary really carried them. Um, but uh, I think I think it's gonna be. I don't think they're gonna go. You know, they got a rookie quarterback. The Bills are gonna go two and fourteen. I don't think that's gonna be the case right. at all. Um, do I think they're gonna make the playoffs? I, I don't think they're they're going to go. You know, of course sure. we're. We're we're mid May here. We got a, we got a bit to figure out. Some yeah, things, you had a, but, you had a receiver and, a, and another DeAnd or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we we, we got a couple crazy roster moves left. I'm sure, but I, I, the defense is certainly going to make up for at least. I think it's fair to say some shortcomings on offense. What those shortcomings are, how they do that. I mean, how can it be bad? They kept almost all of their secondary in the, in place, which was fantastic when they first got together. I mean, all four yep. guys were new last year. He had one more new one to that. On top of that, you plugged in, right, especially right up the middle, they plugged in so much talent. I mean, as long as that meshes with whatever, you know, flavor process they're inserting into there as well, I mean, you, you got to love this defense this year, Kevin. Yeah, you do. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds, Sarla Tule, Harrison Phillips, Tenny Palapoy, all new names on in the interior of that defense. Um, that was where their biggest weakness was on D. On top of to go at the boundary and some of the back-end players, I think it could be if they stay healthy, Nick, maybe make a move or two. If, you know, one of these guys develops, whether it's Taron Johnson, um, whether it's Harrison Phillips. I think you can see a pretty good defense. I mean, one that could jump from whatever they were last year, 18th or 17th, um, into the top 10 in a lot of categories. So that'll be interesting to track as follow us, you know, obviously all offseason as we kind of track this. Some of these final questions on this defense could become more clear between nickel and final position this year, Nick. Um, but always love the Thursday edition. Love having you on your insight, your input. Uh, give us a quick plug. What are you doing? What are you working on? Tell us where we can read more. Uh, yeah, Kevin, we're, we're looking to, yeah, we're oh, still over Bill's wire. We're 
I don't want to tease away too much, but we're looking to add a couple exclusive interviews uh, here and nice. there from a, from a couple of Bills players. Um, you know, we're, we're doing, as they say over at One Bills Drive, Kevin, we're doing our due diligence at Bills Wire to, to get some, some exclusive interviews during uh, peak downtime for Good. the NFL. <laughs> so keep an eye out at Bills Wire for myself and uh, the rest of our team there for a couple exclusive interviews uh, with a couple players. Good. We look forward to seeing those during this downtime and um, look forward to those exclusive interviews. So from Locked On Bills, I'm your host, Kevin Misery, and that's Nick Woten. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.